Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Blue Wire Podcast. Welcome into a brand new, fresh edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. I am your host, Brad Ward. Tonight, we are talking... Cleveland Browns hiring a defensive coordinator, the one Jim Schwartz uh, will take on his, this will be his 15th season as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Uh, He has a long history of, uh, you know, coaching in the league. He got his start coming full circle uh, in the league with Bill Belichick back in the year 1992, 93, as a personnel scout, uh, Belichick brought him on. Uh, he was then uh, let go when the team moved with Belichick and uh, moved on uh, actually to, actually, he, I guess he wasn't let go. He was outside linebackers coach then with the Ravens, moved on to become a defensive assistant coach with the Titans in 99. Linebackers coach in 2000, defensive coordinator in 2001. He was the Titans DC from 2001 to 2008, which is unheard of a guy uh, remaining in that kind of a position for that long of a period of time. He is beloved in Tennessee very much. Um, and at uh, that, that point, he earned his head coaching gig where he would go to the Detroit Lions, which is where most people know him from. (coughs) Excuse me. And um, with the Lions, he was there for five years as the head coach. Uh, He went to the playoffs maybe twice, twice, once for sure, maybe twice. Um, And then... uh, Moved on the year after he left there to become the Bills DC for just a season, then the Eagles DC from 2016 to 2020, where they won a Super Bowl in 2018 with him as the defensive coordinator. He has uh, then, you know, parted ways there. He was kind of a scapegoat at the end of things uh, with Howie Rose. Roseman and uh, there it didn't end all that great after winning a Super Bowl there uh, as he basically um, resigned or was pushed out one way or the other however you want to look at it but then uh, just a couple months after that in 2020 signed on with or 2021 it would have been uh, for the 2021 season signed on with the Titans as a senior defensive assistant a consultant's position of sorts where he has uh, he hooked up and when actually when he took the job there, Shane Bowen uh, took the DC position. Schwartz was brought in and you know they've gotten a lot of credit there as they turned around the uh, 2020 the Titans were the worst third down defense in all of football and turned things around in 21 and 22 
with a collection of Rabel, Bowen, and Schwartz all there working on that defense. Rabel as the head coach, Bowen as the DC, and Schwartz as a contributor of sorts. Um, he comes aboard as a safe. This is a safe hire, right? This is a safe hire. This is the right hire, I, I actually believe. Uh, he's known for his wide nine defense. He's an innovative uh, pass pass rush uh, coach. Um, some of his coverages and secondary stuff got exploited by the Shanahan system uh, late in his period with the Eagles, and and you know he kind of moved off of that and has since evolved some in the secondary where I think, you know, he will be, uh, he likes to play some, a lot more, more man than we're used to seeing with Joe Woods. So it's, uh, it's not officially official, but it's, it's done deal. Um, for the most part, Jim Schwartz, your new defensive coordinator. Now we talked about this, um, for a long period of time that, you know, Woods needed to go. He cost them multiple games and that a replacement would be an immediate upgrade for the team. Like, this is one way you can get better right now. And after the Watson win-it-all-cost move, this was just a move that is appropriate with that win-it-all-cost mentality. You know, they shine, They signed um, their uh, Jack Conklin to the extension... Uh, towards the end of the season, and that was a sign that this was becoming uh, all in on the next two years, right? Like, they're not willing to go below the level of offensive line play they have when they're all healthy up there. That's why they signed him. Like, and I know it had looked bad at the end of the year for the Browns' offensive line, but the the truth of the matter is when you look from a 20,000 foot, you know, view at, you know, the situation around the NFL as far as offensive linemen, um, then, you know, they're not that great. They're not, there's not a surplus of right tackles and left tackles to grab up, right? So Conklin, I don't think was healthy, and Treader, who I pray was not healthy, uh, they're betting that those guys, when right, will supply the Browns with a uh, upper level um, first half of the 2022 type of level of offensive line play. So that deal pointed towards an all-in approach. Uh, the firing of Woods, I and other people around me have been banging the table saying it has to happen. Uh you know, they fool, he fooled you at the end of 21 with a turnaround, right? And then don't let it happen again because, you know, too much damage is done. There were wood supporters, a vocal minority of them, that, you know, pointed at his success again late in 22. But listen, too much damage done. Too, losses already on the board. Over with, done with. Time to move on. One week. The search for the Browns lasted one week. They interview Brian Flores, Schwartz, uh, Sean Desai of the Seahawks, and Denard Wilson uh, of the 
Eagles, right? So they uh, interview those guys. Gerard Mayo was requested, interviewed, but the uh, Patriots signed an extension there. Um, I asked the question tonight on our OBR React Roundtable, uh, which you can check out on YouTube or Twitch uh, with Jake and Andrew, Jake Burns, Andrew Spade, uh, and Fred uh, Greetham, um, Browns beat reporter. And we were talking about everything that's happening. Albert Breer had mentioned um, through this process here, this week-long hiring process, that you know when he saw the Schwartz-Mayo-Flores, who all come from the Belichick, Belichick actually gave all three of them their start in the league, that uh, front office personnel member Bob Quinn, who spent 15 years in New England, then was the Lions GM, and now is on the Browns staff, um, that they kind of tied... Breer said that they thought he thought Quinn was gaining some more power or raising up coming up in the ranks uh, with the Browns. He's a former GM, and that they were very interested in the Belichick tree for this kind of position. So you see Quinn's effect there as three guys from Belichick's tree uh, in Mayo, Flores, and Schwartz all get interviews. Desai was a guy that uh, prior relationship with Stefanski. We didn't know that at the time, uh, but uh, have, you know, deciphered basically that they were friends. Um, very, a guy who I thought and was a little concerned, not that I don't like Sean Desai as a candidate. I do. I just don't think the Browns are in a position to gamble on a guy's upside um, and isn't as proven as a commodity as Flores or Schwartz. Now, you know, in a different situation, he may be a great hire. He may be your next big name, right? But you can't risk that if you're going all in right now. And you can't risk it coming off of a very similar hire where Joe Woods, defensive backs coach, passing game coordinator with the uh, Niners, uh, okay, Robert Sala, you know, getting a head coaching job. Love that staff, love that defense, love what they do. They ran the Seattle cover three stuff, you know, three safeties on the field and dime, all that stuff, right? Uh, four, three, also some wide nine stuff, right? Um, and uh, a lot of zone. Um, in the back end, cover three, cover four, very much Seattle scheme. And when they hired, when Stefanski hired or in his, you know, tri triumvirate there with, you know, De Podesta and Barry hired him, he was like the up and coming name, right? Like, look at this guy, right? He's doing great, you know, uh, good history, great guy, uh, doing a great job with this tremendous secondary in San Francisco. Upside looks great. So, if you were to turn around after firing him and choose a guy like Desai or even Denard Wilson, they're in almost identical roles, right? Like, I will say for Desai, he has one year as a DC with the um, Bears. And then when they hired, uh, what's his name, Eberflus, he went out with the, you know, the 
the changing of guard there. And the people in Chicago really liked him. They didn't want him to go. He got pretty good results, like 13th-ranked DVO defense with not great talent over there. Um, and so, it, but he's just not proven enough, right? Like one year, I think Joe Woods had one year as a DC in Denver when he got the job of the Browns. You're basically rehiring Joe Woods. Not, not that he would have been Joe Woods or whatever, but credentials-wise, resume-wise, very similar, right? And you're banking on upside. Same thing with Denard Wilson, who has, to my knowledge, no experience as a coordinator. You're bringing in, in Schwartz, a guy with 15 years as a defensive coordinator, five as a head coach, 25-plus in the league. Like, this dude is legit. And the things that make him a good hire for me and something I was concerned about, and I mentioned this a minute ago when I was talking about Sean Desai, uh, as you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland, I'm Brad Ward, the host. This is just React uh, Brown's higher defensive coordinator, uh, Jim Schwartz. So, Stefanski could have very easily here gone with his boy in Desai, uh, he's a, a Desai is an Ivy League graduate. There's a lot of things, his demeanor, all that stuff that that very I'm sure were very attractive to the Browns front office. In fact, you know the word coming out yesterday from Mary Kay and other people was that he interviewed went quote unquote excellent. He was excellent was the quote right and. Uh, that we would find out potentially as early as today who the new DC was. And obviously that kind of trips some people up because they thought they were going to size way. Now I, I thought after I rethought about it, it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of a thing you do, you know, if you really like the person that you had in, but you're not going to hire them is speak very highly about them and then make your selection elsewhere. So it does make sense they do that because they do like Sean Desai a lot. And obviously – He's Stefanski's guy, right? So, but the overarching theme here is that where at times during this period when Joe Woods, many of us thought Joe Woods should have seen the door, or Mike Prefer, who's still around, strangely enough, should have seen the door, that this was just a, you know, buddy system, right? A glorified buddy system and that nobody's going to be held accountable and they aren't going to make the changes necessary. I think a lot of that changed perspective when they made the Watson move, right? Because no longer can you, you know, fuck around with any of that stuff. It's it's forward and every move after needs to be a win-at-all-costs move. You can't screw around and, and you know with the idea of seeing what Joe Woods can do in a fourth season and nonsense like that. Now listen, it. I am of the belief that at this point they would have fired Mike Prefer. Uh, I don't know why they didn't. His per, The performance of his special team's group has been subpar and they've underperformed for three consecutive seasons and at time cost the Browns crucial aspects of games right but they're this far in I they had to I would have had to have thought they would have already you know gave him his walking papers and maybe even hired a guy in or be looking to hire a new guy in if they were going to do that, they may surprise me and still, because remember at the presser with Barry and Stefanski, their post 
season presser, they left that door open. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think Schwartz has probably won't keep anybody from the staff. I maybe maybe there's a link there, but um, as we looked it over tonight, there doesn't appear to be a, any linking of uh, personnel on the existing Joe Woods defensive staff uh, that's still employed by the Browns at this moment. That you know a week from now will still be there because they have a prior relationship with or prior trust or whatever with uh, or some sort of arrangement with the front office where they really like him or whatever and they're going to give him a strong recommendation to stick around. I mean, it does happen, right? Like, Desai is a guy who's been uh, was in Chicago for multiple regimes. Stefanski was a guy who lasted through multiple regimes in Minnesota. So... It, there are guys that do it. This doesn't feel like that type of a situation. If there was a guy, maybe Jason Tarver, but I think uh, that more than likely, when you have a guy that has 15 years as a DC and five as a head coach, he has a ton of guys out there that he's already going to have relationships with, that he already speaks his language on that side of the ball, that already knows how he wants to run his defense. And he's going to bring those guys in to streamline this thing. And that makes the most sense. So I expect a full cleaning of the house on that side of the ball um, as far as assistant coaches goes. And he'll put together that staff here through the next couple weeks. And when you hire a guy like Schwartz who has is well-respected around NFL circles like he is, you would think that that would be part of the deal too, right? Like he gets a large say in what – uh, person, what coaching he's going to bring in to uh, fill out his side of the ball. I mean, he can take on a role now as a former head coach where you have Stefanski who has this even-killed demeanor, which is great, you know, 80% of the time, 70% of the time in my opinion, but sometimes you need that other kick in the ass. This guy is an ass kicker, right? Jim Schwartz is a ass kicker. He's fiery. He will get after you. Um, and, you know, I hope some of that bleeds over where it needs to as he should be kind of like a co-head coach here, right? A little bit. But more so, he can kind of CEO the defensive side of the ball uh, while Stefanski works on the offense and CEOs the whole thing. It, it could work out really well because they do kind of have opposite demeanors in that way and I think that on the defensive side of the ball this is the kind of guy you need I talked at length this year about uh why can't everybody be have the demeanor of MJ Emerson in your face physical through the whistle uh play with edge have an identity none of that stuff existed this year and and that's not that's just Joe Woods is just too similar to Stefanski in that fashion. And 
I think very much if you know Titans defenses, the Eagles defense under him, the Lions even as a team under Schwartz, they will be edgy. They will be tough. They will be accountable. And um, it's the closest scheme fit where you looked at Desai, you might have been switching to a 3-4. They're doing, you know, Fangio type uh, defense there, his language. Uh, Flores, it would have definitely been a switch to a 3 4. Um, Wilson with under Bowen at the Eagles. Uh, there's actually some carryover or overlap there with Schwartz and Wilson, I believe, but uh, maybe like a year. But either way, um, maybe not. But between Bowen and, and not Bowen, uh, I'm saying the wrong name. Bowen was in Titans. I'm thinking of the guy in uh, Philly. Either way, um, the point here is that uh, Schwartz will bring that attitude, and his defenses have that reputation, right, of being hard-nosed. Now, Wide nine up front, very similar to what Woods ran a lot of wide nine, right? But, like, listen, if you go through some of the stuff that Schwartz has done in his career, uh, defensive tackle Aubrey Hainsworth with Schwartz uh, in Tennessee um, grew to stardom, later called the coordinator a mastermind to the success he found uh, in his defensive schemes, right? Like, players talk about him that have, like, Harold Landry exploded into stardom uh, off the coming off the edge for him. There's a number of players that you can go through. Sue in uh, Detroit, you know, there's tons, uh, a long list of players that have found great success in his pass rush scheme, which is the wide nine. Uh, I made, you know, there's an observation out there that, now, this is five years ago, and the NFL has changed since then, but the year that they won the Super Bowl in Philadelphia, the linebacking core was much heavier uh, than the Browns' core is now, who is made up of guys like JOK and Jacob Phillips and stuff, and makes me think even more likely you try to bring back an Anthony Walker pending his, his injury you know, situation, but also a guy like Taki Taki, who is a bigger linebacker and actually showed this year that he could even play some Mike at the time at times and do okay in coverage when pressed into it. So like those guys feel like a fit to come back. Uh, if he likes the bigger linebacker, I don't, those are questions we're going to, he'll have to get, he'll probably get asked now. Don't expect a ton. Like, from him as I dove through YouTube videos and I posted one and you go at Ward on sports on Twitter of him actually talking about his time with Belichick in Cleveland. And it's very interesting as he says, you know, the instant gratification of, you know, uh, winning right away uh, in the media's perspective versus, you know, being on the rise as an organization and very much that Bill Belichick was doing all the things in Cleveland then that he did all those years afterwards in New England, which made him a multiple-time world champion. It just never got its chance to run the course and come to fruition, which is very interesting and, you know, amazing that he observed that right at his young age at that point but 
Um, it's uh, it's come full circle for him. You know, he started in Cleveland. He's back in Cleveland. He has a soft spot for the area here and for you know, the Browns organization. Um, and you know that he wanted this job is good. Now, the one thing that I would also ask, you know, personnel questions like I had about linebacker there is one thing. Um, I think that, and I said this tonight on the show, one, one you know, off-season goals for the Browns, right? And we'll wrap this up here in the next few minutes. But off-season goals for the Browns, you know, wide receiver, you know, uh, probably another tight end, you know, stuff like that. On the defense, though, um, it's free safety, like true post free safety center field type free safety so in my opinion hopefully so that Delpit can just build on what he was this year which was becoming a very very good uh strong safety or uh box safety and then you know played the run game very well um and then also you're gonna need to go defensive tackle, defensive tackle, preferably in free agency because it takes too long in the draft for them to develop. But before, I didn't know what the, how they would handle the edge. You know, Clowney's out with all that drama. Are they where they're gonna run, roll Alex Wright out there, who I think almost suits better on the inside or played better reps when they kicked him inside at times, and he can rush the quarterback from in there. On, like, third and long situations, he played the run better than he did the pass. He's a bigger guy. I don't know. But he's not a starting edge in the league is my point. And in this wide nine where very much, and you're going to, I would advise you all, anybody listening to this, to look at the playoffs right now. And the teams that are finding the most success on defense are teams that do not have to blitz to get after the quarterback. If you can get home with four and drop everybody else in coverage, that's your best chance against Joe Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, right? It just is. The good quarterbacks will slice and dice your blitzes, right? And that's what we're seeing in the playoffs now. And that, I do believe, is a core aspect of this. Now, he'll blitz when needed, and I'm sure he will, but his main philosophy here is to get home with that wide nine. And so you've got Miles Garrett. You're going to get supplemented with some tackles because it gets all in, right? So you got to go out and get some tackles to upgrade there. And it'll be a point of priority, especially now that you've hired Jim Schwartz, who has been able to mold defensive tackles into very good players in the past. But also... More than I ever looked at before this point until they made this hire, you definitely need another edge, right? You, Not just like a supplemental piece that can play, you know, part of the time and then, you know, uh, rotationally or whatever. I think you need a legit starting edge opposite Miles Garrett that can get after the quarterback. And, and uh, that becomes a reality with this hire and something that I think it changes personnel-wise. That, the question about the linebackers, I think your corners are great. Um, he plays more in base than a lot of people do, which brings up some questions about how you get your best players on the field all the time because you do, in my opinion, have three really good corners. So it'll be interesting to see how they deploy that. I, I wanted to see them bring in a true nickel corner in the offseason. A name to watch there would be like Shandon Sullivan, who I noticed got drafted by the Eagles when – 
Schwartz was there, so I'm sure he may have had some input on that. He's developed into a very nice uh, slot corner uh, that's a free agent this offseason. So a lot of stuff has to take form here, but the good, a lot of people are going to look at this and be like, man, this this defense looks just like Joe Woods when it when you roll it out there because it's a you know four three and it's going to look very similar. That's a good thing. You just I mean they I don't agree with the amount of overblown amount of zone that Joe Woods played, but you do have to be able to play zone in the NFL to be effective, right? You also can play man, which Schwartz will do more of. And he will be more effective with his attacks in the front. As, as you heard Albert Hainsworth's quote, he is very good at getting, finding ways to get guys one-on-ones, finding ways to get Miles Gary in a situation where he can succeed. He has produced defensive tackles and defensive ends with career seasons under Schwartz for multiple, multiple years. It's a very proven aspect of what he does. He is innovative with that wide nine. And uh, so they got to get home with four, and they will cover behind it uh, with more man than Joe Woods did. But the main thing here is identity, right? Identity, a strong character, coaching, experience, person in the building like you're adding culture right here this defense was a shit culture this year finger pointing what happened with Clowney at the end the messaging screw-ups with with uh the db guy and his buffoonery when he took this the podium and talked about uh jeff howard and talk, jeff howard talked about uh you know the defensive backs and not, them not being able to adapt to the Bengals taking their two best wide receivers off the field. Just dumbass stuff. And then you have Kiffin at the end of the year uh, talking at depth about the clowny issue and what happened behind the scenes. That's not the messaging that Stefanski wants or Barry wants. They want a in-house, sealed, shut, none of that stuff gets exposed. If Clowney wants to do that, whatever, we're not going to talk about it. Like, so people coming out of pocket and talking like, you know, whatever their message was, Stefanski's message was, it wasn't getting through across the board because people were doing too much talking and letting, if you want to have an in-house policy, that's great, then it has to be across the board. But I think what you get here with Jim Schwartz is a guy that very much is the same way. Like, when he talks to the press, you're going to be like, this guy is Belichick-esque. He doesn't say a lot, right? Like, he does not come across as a real happy-go-lucky person. Because uh, he's he's an ass-kicker, man. He's an ass-kicker, and I think that's a great thing for this defense. So, I, I wanted to react to this. It's a great hire. It's a proven commodity. It makes the most sense to me scheme-wise. It makes the most sense as far as, you know, Flores would have made a lot of sense too as far as this factor goes. But a guy that's going to come in and change the culture, give this defense an identity. Um, and you you get a guy like this from Woods to a guy with 25 years of experience, 15 as a DC, as a proven successful DC, won a Super Bowl, heading up a defense in Philly, uh, has had success the past couple of years in kind of a consultant role with the Titans and uh, caught up on some of the coverage aspects that maybe he 
wasn't all the way caught up on in the fixes and he takes all of that knowledge and all of the 25 years experience brings it here with this talented defense they supplement it with some tackles a free safety and an edge and you have a really really good defense like expectations going into 2022-23 this next year should be that this is a a very good defense it should be very similar to the expectations we had last year right like uh and so uh that is an immediate upgrade and this is a hire that to me directly corresponds or correlates with watson when it all costs you know money or otherwise that cost right reputation whatever ethics um and then the firing of woods and now the hiring of him they are starting to uh behave or act or proceed in a manner that correlates with it's time it's time to win now it's time to go all in this guy's a proven dude we don't need to worry about upside this guy knows what he's doing he's gonna come in and be an immediate upgrade make our defense better bring in some edge some culture some fire uh and and whip those these dudes into shape right no nonsense no bullshit this defense has to be like it was an unlikable defense this year right like what was their identity they didn't have one uh they were soft at times and i hate saying that like i i'm just a guy with a microphone you're right like all of those dudes could kill me with one swing of the fist of calling a defense soft like that is not but it's true right compared to other nfl defenses they were soft so uh that will change under jim schwartz in my opinion uh now the next steps this offseason have to also line up with this all in they're going to restructure contracts they're going to go out in my opinion and get a wide receiver probably on the trade market um they're going to add defensive tackles in free agency there's going to be uh, a safety brought in at some point i think you know that's a good question too is like how john johnson viewed or will he be used differently with a guy like Jim Schwartz than he was with Joe Woods? Because, you know, John Johnson was a stud with the Rams and was terrible for his... Well, he wasn't terrible, but he has very much uh, underperformed his contract that the Browns gave him. So some interesting personnel stuff out there like that, but all in all, this this correlates. This makes sense. This is the next step. And they need to be all in. Restructured contracts, going after guys to win now, this year and next. They've made that clear that this is a window they have to get aggressive in, right? You have to cash in. There has to be a pay, uh, uh, a, a payout. There has to be uh, a results-driven attack on, on this offseason in order to make sure that this Watson deal pays off in the end, right? Like, otherwise, where are you at? So uh, it shows a sense of urgency for me. It shows a sense of doing what is best for the team versus maybe a prior friendship with the Psy, 
Um, so all of those things, I think, point in the right direction. And I like Jim Schwartz. I've liked him for a long time, and I think he'll be a stud here, uh, and he'll bring an element that is hugely missing. Uh, now you've got to get him some players, though, right? Like, you can't do it with Elliott and Togiai and uh, Perry Ann Winfrey. Not that I don't think Winfrey will be a part of this or Taven Bryant, but that's not going to be good enough for anybody flat out. You need to get better tackles in here, and I'm sure they're going to do that. And it probably comes even be more, more of a priority with Schwartz, who has been so effective in getting the best out of those guys in the past. This has been another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. I, you know, we've been, have not been on a lot lately because uh, the end of the season and whatnot took a little bit of a hiatus, but we'll be back. We're back in full effect. My name is Brad Ward. This is a Blue Wire podcast. Uh, All Eyes on Cleveland. For Mikey behind the virtual glass, we'll be back later this week with Jeff Risden talking about more about Je- Jim Schwartz as he uh, covered him for five years uh, in, with the uh, Detroit and his coverage of the Detroit Lions. Uh, we've got some other interviews lined up, so stay with us. Uh, and uh, good stuff here. Um, and uh, make sure you read everything going on at the OBR and uh, on the OBR YouTube and Twitch channel. My name is Brad Ward from Mikey Behind the Ones, uh, on the ones and twos, and behind the virtual glass. We 